All right, well, you guys are all welcome that I'm super, super, super late today. So, got to have all that extra time. Isn't that great? Off they go. All right. Jesus, we just thank You for all of Your love to us, all of Your blessings, everything that You've done for us, God, more than we could, uh, than we could ever say. You know, we, just, we appreciate Your goodness to us. We appreciate Your Word, God, that, that You've spelled out for us um, who You are, God, and... and what your uh, your love toward us is, God. We just we thank you for that this morning, God. We just pray that you would just touch every heart in this place, you know, with, that your word would minister to the needs in our lives, God. That you would um, uh, just do in us exactly what you want done, God, and that that uh, that this word would be planted in us, God. That it would uh, take root, that it would uh, grow. God, and that uh, it would become all that you would have it to be in us, God, that, that you would spring us into that fullness with you. God, we ask it and pray it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would just organize my thoughts this morning, God, and help me to, to bring this word forth, God, exactly as you would have it, God, to say what you want to say. God, I pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go over to Second Corinthians. I was going to say first and then beat you there by going to the other book. When I was but a youth, I used to sit next to Dennis all the time and uh, he and I played this little game where we would wait till the other guy was really uh, totally engaged in, in the sermon and then just reach over and just shut his Bible. <laughs> it was quite amusing. Exactly. So, you, know, you need somebody to give you a hard time. So, um, you know, so here in uh, you know in Second Corinthians, um, you know the interesting thing uh, about about what God does in our life is He tells you something that He's going to do. You know, He gives you a word to stand on, gives you a promise, and um, and I don't know about you, but as soon as He does that, I kind of relax. I'm like, oh, good. It's like, this is all under control. Which it is. But, uh, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody this week, and it's like, you know, the uh, signing the Declaration of Independence didn't, you know, it didn't make every, it didn't, it wasn't the finish of the thing. It was like the beginning of a war, you know. And uh, so, um, you know, so God, God gives us, a, He gives us a word, and we think, all right, everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows now, you know, And then, and then the bombs start falling. <laughs> so. Um, um, so I was thinking about David this week. You know, he he had this this promise from God 
because he's just minding his own business, watching his father's sheep, and Samuel comes to town and anoints him king. It'll be kind of an interesting day, to say the least. And, um, you know, the Bible doesn't really say what David was thinking, but I can only imagine. It's like the kind of the, I can't believe I'm going to be the king. I can't believe I'm going to be the king. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's like, you know, I'd, because you, you know that one of the first things he had to have thought of was Saul is not going to like this. So, um, you know, and, and isn't then, and that's how life is so much of the time. It's like God gives us this promise. And it's like, yes, it's like God's going to do this. You know, the devil may care about everything else. And, and, and that's fine. But but then there's always some other element that's not so happy about the promise that wants to fight about it. But um, so um, so here in Second Corinthians chapter one, uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, and to all the saints which are in Achaia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. It's hard to find a good place to stop and like actually comment on what he's saying because he just goes on and on and on. But um, you know, I, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, you've all heard this before. But you know, this is a really, it's a really awesome set of scriptures. And uh, one of those, one of those things that um, I don't know. You ever have somebody tell you something and you know they're right? But it's like, uh, I wish you wouldn't tell me that. It's like, that's kind of not what I wanted to hear right now. I kind of wanted to hear, like, fairy dust, you know. But um, you know, but we go through hard things in life. And, and it really does force us to find comfort in God. Because when you come to a place where you can't find it anywhere else, then... Uh, then, then you'll find it there, and and the you know God doesn't, he doesn't you know the Bible says he doesn't willingly you know grieve the children of men, but uh, but he doesn't mind letting you go through a tough thing like that to strip away all of your other ideas of of what would make you feel good and and what would make you feel like life is okay outside of him, um, you know because. Uh, it's not just things that um, it's not just you know things that maybe you would see as something negative or something you know fleshly or worldly or whatever that that you can find that sense of comfort and well-being in. I mean, it could be something as you know as, as like your family, you know, with the, the with your relationships around you and things like that, where your sense of well-being comes from that. From everything being okay in this relationship, or um, um, you know, I mean, it could be any number of things like that. 
Um, and so God doesn't mind bringing you to a place where suddenly that's not comfortable anymore. And uh, like like the eagle teaching the, the little baby eagles how to fly, they just kind of shoved them out of the nest. We were uh, all just sitting on Mike and Sarah's front porch a few weeks ago, uh, just chit-chatting, and we hear this thunk. And this little baby bird was apparently learning to fly and apparently didn't get it. <laughs> right? And just, I mean, fell out of the tree and just thunk. I mean, you wouldn't expect a little teeny bird with hollow wings to go thunk, but it it, it thunked pretty good. And it just kind of laid there twitching. So we've all had those moments in life where we <laughs> fell out of the tree and laid there twitching. Uh, you ever hurt yourself and you realize, oh, man, that was serious. I remember uh, wiping out on my bike when I was about 12 and like immediately had that feeling of, oh, no, I just messed something up really, really bad. And then, of course, I ended up in the emergency room. But um, so sometimes those sort of moments come to you in life, you know, maybe not physically, but, uh, you know, emotionally, where you, you feel like you just wiped out and, and got a serious case of road rash and you know, bent your arm every which way from Sunday. And uh, uh, sorry, it just made me think of this time that Mike dislocated his finger. And uh, and his finger was pointing off this way from the from the middle, and uh, Jeff Stewart was taking him to the urgent care place. He kept like pointing at him, but it was like pointing off this way. <laughs> and Jeff was like driving, like oh, oh. it's like man, it's all about you, Jeff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was it was awesome. I enjoyed it immensely, but but you know if you've never had that falling out of the tree and just thunk and twitch moment, then you don't you can't really identify with somebody that's having the thunk and twitch moment, you know. And and so you know you can see somebody you know I mean and maybe they're going through something you can't identify with or you don't understand, um, but because that happens. You see somebody that's just, they feel like they're drowning and, and you're like, why? What's, you, your life is so smooth, you know. But uh, but if you've had one of those moments where everything seemed uh, hopeless and, and you were laying on the ground twitching, then you understand what that feels like and, uh, and you have a lot more sense of... Um, uh, you know, compassion for somebody, but also an understanding of you know there there really is a way through this. This isn't the end of your life because when you when you go through those types of places, sometimes it does feel like it. But he says here in verse four that, well, in verse three says, "Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort." wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So when you come to Him and you find that sense, that, that resource of comfort in Him, then it really gives you something to, to be able to distribute to other people. Um, 
And, and I like how he ties it in here and he says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. Um, you know, uh, I was I was thinking about how uh, you know, last week we read about um, Moses and, uh, coming down from the mountain, and here Aaron had made the golden calf, and they're all having a big party, and and you think, like, man, what must have God felt? You know, how must that have made him feel? I mean, I mean you see, he's like, you know, all right, I'm going to destroy them, make you the my my new people, Moses. But but it's like after everything that he had done, they that they would forget him in a few weeks. And make this golden calf, you know, and um, and and so you know to have that that sense of of rejection is is a really difficult uh, thing to deal with. Um, but you know, going through something like that is like, wow, well, so I'm in good company then, because God knows what it feels like to to be. Uh, used and and beaten and rejected, and uh, so, um, but he says that that just like the sufferings abound, the consolation abounds. So when you need that sense of comfort from God, He knows how to give it, and and how to bring you to it. And and the interesting thing about being comforted when you're going through something really really difficult is it doesn't have typically have anything to do with your circumstance changing. It might. But a lot of times there's just this sense of, well, you're going to be all right. This, you know, let's just get through today. And and you and you move on from there and and then you you face the next day the same way. And uh um you know, I always think of, you know, it's like it's like you're in a boxing ring and you go sit in a little stool in the corner you you know spit a bunch of your teeth into the bucket there, and uh, and God's rubbing your shoulders like you can take him, kid. He's a bum, you know, and and you know sometimes you know God does that for you, you know because sometimes you feel like you're you know it's like my eyes are swelling shut. I don't think I can do this, and God's like ah you can take him. He's a bum, you know. So, um, uh, but he says here in verse six he says whether we be afflicted. It's for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we suffer. Whether we be comforted, it's for your your consolation and salvation. For our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you're partakers of the sufferings, you will be partakers of the consolation. It doesn't feel like it when you're going through something really tough, especially when it's like, man, God just told me he was going to fix this. And then everything is falling apart. You know, then then you don't uh, you don't typically feel like well, it's like well, I'm just partaking of the suffering and and we're gonna get through this thing because you know this is you know God God knows how to win my battles and you know we don't think about you know I'm going to also be a partaker of the consolation. We just like everything terrible uh, and uh, you know. But when you're in that suffering place, it's a, it, it, it really is difficult to look past that and feel like there actually is like some kind of hope beyond today. Because when, when you know when when today feels like it's stretching on endlessly, then it doesn't ever feel like there's a tomorrow. But that makes that makes uh, 
praising God and trusting God all the more precious in, in that place because then it really is a sacrifice and it really is an acknowledging of, of you know, God, I understand that this was just today and and that you have something better for me tomorrow. You know, maybe not literally tomorrow, but after this thing is, is over with. So... Uh, so he says in verse 8, We would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. That's one of the things that God does when he takes you through those tough places, is he puts you somewhere where you can't do anything about it. And uh, and that's a hard place to be, and that's where David came to. You know, he 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 understood that God told him he was going to be king, and of course Saul tried to pin him to the wall in the palace with a javelin, and uh, and and he left. But when he went to uh, he went when he went to Ahimelech at Nob, he gave him the sword of Goliath. It's like, hey, do you remember when I fought your battles? When when you you went out with your sling and and your stone and everything, but you you told that giant that you were coming to him in the name of the Lord, because you understood that you were that it was me that was going to have to defeat this giant, and not you. So this is the same thing. You're going to be all right. And uh, and it's funny how we have such a propensity to forget about that when like well this this is an entirely new challenge. <laughs> like like I, I need to explain to God that this isn't going to work the same way, is it? He's like, yes, yes, it is. So, so one of the things that God does is, is He, you know, there are things that God expects us to do, and there are some really cool character building things that God does in our life and teaches us that you could deal with a lot more or do a lot more than you, you might think. But but He also, He takes us to, to this place where our trust in ourself is not uh, is not the thing that carries us through. It's the trust in Him. Because David came to that place where he understood, you know, because he thought, man, it's like, you know, God has chosen me because I'm righteous and, and good and got all my duckies in a row. And then he becomes king. And then at the very height of his success, he has this, this whole thing where he kills his friend to have, her, have his wife. And, and And I can guarantee you that David would have not thought that was there. In fact, you know, I mean, obviously I'm just, just spitballing here. The Bible doesn't say this, but I wouldn't be surprised if David had probably watched her for a while and thought about her for a while or or maybe somebody else even and then saw this opportunity. It's like, and then he played dumb. Hey, who, who's that lady? You know, I think you know who she is, especially if it's one of your best friend's wives. But, uh, but anyway, um, so then David found out that he wasn't, you know, quite the bee's knees that he thought he was after all. So, um, you know, and, and you don't have to necessarily go through some great failure to um, to come to that conclusion. God can just, he can take you through really tough stuff that you can't do anything about. And it kind of strips away that sense of, I can do this away from you. So he says, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. He who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. 
you also helping together by prayer for us, for the gift bestowed on us by the means of many persons. Thanks may be given by many on your behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God we have had our conversation in the world, and more abundantly to you word. So, so he said, you know, we, we've, uh, we're not dealing with, with fleshly wisdom. You know, I, and, uh, the word conversation is an interesting word because, you know, I mean, we use conversation to be, you know, what you talk about. And um, back, back when we had the, the Bible translated into English all those centuries ago, uh, conversation really meant your way of life. Was how they they used the word then, and so they I mean they tie together nicely because you know the way that you live your life and what's in your heart that is what will come out in your conversation. Um, so so he said that you know we we you know we've we've lived you know in the world, but in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, you know, and and that's one of the fun things about going through something really super difficult. Is um, you, you know that God is doing something in your life when you go through something that's so convoluted you can't make sense of it, and that you couldn't possibly think your way through it, and uh, um, and, and God will bring you to those moments where it's like, well, here's actually what's going on, and it doesn't make any sense, but you know it's right, and uh, so. Um, you know, so that's a that's a real blessing to have God do that for you. But but it takes that takes away from that sense of fleshly wisdom. Like, well, I know what to do here. You know, I when I was a kid, I kind of thought that when you were an adult, you just sort of knew what to do all the time. And then I became one, sort of. The the ladies got this great little sign for the uh, the party that says the first forty years of childhood are the hardest. And. Uh, <laughs> Yes. So it's like so. There's hope for the next four years. So, but but yeah. Then I grew up and I found out that uh, a lot of life is ad libbed, you know. And you know, you kind of uh, I don't know. You watch people that are older than you, or that they they know what they're doing on something, and you just watch them like whoa, you know. And then you find out, hey, they're just guessing too. Cool. But we, if you don't know what you're doing and you kind of have to do something, you know, or you just you have to kind of you know you follow what God is telling you to do, um, you know, that's a really great thing because like again, you you lose that sense of fleshly wisdom when you just have to trust Him. It's like I don't know how this is supposed to work, but it's God said this would work, so this this will work. Uh, for we write no other things to you. Verse 13, then what you read or acknowledge, and I trust you shall acknowledge even to the end, as also you have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as you also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I was minded to come to you before, that you might have a second benefit, and to pass by you into Macedonia, to come again out of Macedonia to you, and of you be brought on my way toward Judea. When I was therefore minded, did I use lightness? Or the things that I purposed, do I purpose according to the flesh? 
that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. So, um, and so he's just he's talking to these guys. You know, I, I, I was, would like to come by and see you again. You know, because um, because Paul feels this sense of responsibility towards this church to because they're going through all this difficult stuff, and he feels like I need to or I would like to be there and encourage you uh, and you know bring you this the second benefit, especially because last time he was there he he ended up writing them this this letter that was kind of is super encouraging, but he also talked to them really serious about some issues that they needed to fix and and so but they've been through all this tough stuff, and um, you know I don't know how much you know about Corinth back in those days, but it was a really super wicked place, and to to be um, you know to be a like this new baby Christian church there would have really been difficult, and uh, and of course that's partly why Paul wrote the things he wrote to them and and talked to them about the stuff they talked to them about uh, to kind of it's like hey this is this is the right direction to go because when you're when you're surrounded by um you know the the culture around you especially if you've grown up in it it just seems normal to you and then to have God say well actually we're going to go this way um it's a really good thing but it's not always an easy thing but he said, you know, he, he's like, I'm, I didn't just take it lightly that I wanted to come by to to encourage you, um, and and it's not something that I would just. It's like, well, I'm going to go over there because you know I, I need to go over there, and and, and see them. Uh, you know, because sometimes we all have things that we feel like we we need to do, and there's just no open door to do it, and uh, and so there there has to be that sense of of. Letting of not purposing according to the flesh, but letting God be in charge of those things. Um, so in uh, so verse eighteen, but as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay, for the Son of God Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen to the glory of God by us. So, um, I was thinking about David, and I was thinking about how he had these promises. This, this, you know, it's like you're going to be the king someday, and and all this stuff. And he, you know, he he came to this place where he thought, you know, actually, I'm going to be consumed at the hand of Saul. I'm going to be destroyed. Um, and so, you know, we we think that, you know, well, if I don't I don't believe God just right going through this tough thing. It's never going to get better. You know, God's not going to get me through it if I don't, you know, if I don't do it just so. Uh, and yet, you know, David became convinced that that he was going to be destroyed by Saul. And and God had told him, actually, you're going to be the king. It's like, well, but Saul's the king, and he's out to kill me. And and actually, after when, when David came to that conclusion, he had already spared Saul's life twice. It's like he, in fact, he had just come off of this this incident of, of of where he could have killed Saul and he would not. 
and and then um, and that's the funny thing about going through something really tough. It's like you can have a moment like that where it's like yes, like because he could have killed Saul, but that would have been the wrong thing to do because his men were like, let's just kill him and get this over with. And, and he's like, I, I'm not going to kill the anointed of God. It's like God did, you know, he may maybe he chose me, but he chose Saul first. I'm not going to kill him. And so you would think he would go away from that feeling pretty good. Like, I did the right thing, you know. But but he left that and he said, now I know of a surety that I will be consumed at the hand of Saul. Because he had his chance to kill him and he didn't do it again. And so it's like if he keeps leaving Saul alive, eventually Saul is going to get him. So he had this sense of despair wrestling with that sense of faith that, that, that well, God told me I was going to be king. And, uh, and so I was just I was thinking of this scripture because um, you know, when God tells you he's going to do something, he, he intends to do it. And there are times that he will tell you, you know, it's like, I need you to do this or I need you to... You know, to not do this, and, and God will will make those kinds of uh, stipulations uh, uh, because he he doesn't just fairy dust things, but but when he gives you a promise, you can count on him because, like I said, David didn't. You, you would read that that David coming to that conclusion. Oh, well, surely I'm going to be destroyed by Saul. And think, oh, well, there he goes. Now what's he supposed to do? There's whole denominations that would teach, well, it's like, well, now, of course, Saul's going to kill him because he confessed it. What, you know, God can't fix it now. I'd love to know what those people think about that story. Yeah, it's like, so, so David had this kind of despairing moment and, and said something that maybe he probably believed it. Maybe not, but um, it's like you know, you know if you if you feel that if you believe that whatever you say God is is bound to do because you've confessed it, then then how is it that he became king and Saul didn't destroy him? So just a little that that's brief, but uh, um, but. Uh, you know, but the the thing about 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 verse twenty, all the promises of God are are in Him, yea, and in Him, Amen, to the glory of God by us. That that all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and so be it. You know, and so you know, there's there's oftentimes things that we don't feel like God would tell us yes about. You know, when I was a kid, if I wanted something, I went to ask my mother. Because she was far, far more likely to say yes than my dad was. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like that's why the Catholics think if they can get what they want if they ask Mary. You know, and uh, but uh, you know, and it it depends on what kind of personality your mother has too. I mean, you know, some are like ferocious she lions, and I married one of those. You know, and but there are. Then there are like people like my mom that are just you know oh okay well here you go you know um, 
but, you know, I didn't ask my dad for stuff that I wanted a lot of times because, or for permission to do something because I, I, you know, my experience taught me that he would probably just go, nah. You know, and, uh, you know, if, if you've got kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about, too, because they'll ask you, and then you tell them no, and then they go ask your spouse as if, as if you weren't on the same page. It's like, well, I'll just, you know, second opinion here. You know, it's like, you know, and, you know, we spend all this time putting the Word of God on our kids, and then they, they latch on to that story about the unjust judge. And then you have to like do damage control and tell them, drop it, stop it. I said, stop it. The, the word sleepover has become a four-letter word at my house. Because there's this constant demand to get away from the horrible, horrible life that we've created for our children at home. Or, or to somehow you know, ease the pain of, of, of that experience by having other children there to experience it with them. But... Um, But anyway, but so um, interesting little story. I'll wrap up with this. Um, as if you hadn't probably guessed by that uh, message, I was having a particularly difficult week this week. No, it had nothing to do with turning 40. Um, but uh, I was just I was having one of those weeks where I honestly felt like I was just drowning and like, I felt like my life was just ending. And um, uh, I get this text on Wednesday uh, from Nonpet. I hadn't talked to Nonpet in months and months and months. And uh, and he's like, hey, we just got Hannah's birthday card in the mail. Um, uh, we moved, and so it took a while to get here, apparently. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's cool. So we're texting back and forth. Like, how's it going? I'm like, oh, well, you know, we're just dealing with some stuff. Life actually kind of sucks. And and uh, and he's like, well, hey, actually, you know, is it a good time for me to call you? I kind of want to talk to you about some stuff. I'm like, all right, great. And uh, so he was telling me about uh, about that sense of you know God declaring something, and you know we and it's like suddenly we think that everything is going to be all happy and cheery, and that's usually when the bombs start falling. And uh, but something that was really interesting while we were talking is he was like, you know, that thing was uh, that you sent Hana was postmarked June fifth, like, and it can't have taken a month to go to our old address and then from there over to here. It, and uh, and I was thinking, no, I mean, we 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 use, do a lot of mail at our business. We get a lot of mail. We send a lot more mail. And I was like, no, it couldn't. Even, even the U.S. Lost Office couldn't take that long <laughs> to to get a card uh, forwarded like that. And so it just had showed up in their mailbox that day. And so I knew that 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 God just let this thing just sort of sit there and collect dust, and finally showed up at their house on just the right day because Nonpat was going to have just the right thing that I needed to hear. And it wasn't like, ah, springtime has returned to Narnia. It was like I spit my teeth out in the bucket and Nonpat was rubbing my shoulders. And like, you know, and I mean, I didn't even tell him what was, what was going on, but it was just that sense of, you know, like this is going to be all right, you know, because God knows what he's doing. And 
and you can't look at what you're going through and what you're dealing with. You have to look to the promise that God gave you, and you have to stand on that thing. So, uh, because you know that's kind of the difference between looking at, you know, the you know looking at the here and now will bring you to that sense of despair and and hopelessness and things like that. But then. Uh, because you'll you'll try and figure out how is God going to fix this, and that's what I was thinking this week. I was like, how on earth? I, I don't even know what to do now. I don't even know how this would ever get fixed. I don't know. I don't know what what's the what's the, the thing that fixes this. I like you know, step one, step two, step three, you know, and it's like I have no idea, not a clue, but but I have a word from God. And and I just needed somebody to remind me that hey you have a word from God, and uh, and that needs to be the thing that you focus on and not on the sense of I hate everything. So uh, and you're all laughing, because, chuckling because you know exactly what I'm talking about. So Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. God, we just praise you and glorify you. We just, we thank you for your uh, your promises, God, that that they are. Uh, yes, and so be it. God, that that the things that matter to us matter to you. you know, the things that we ask you for, God, you uh, you keep them. God, and, uh, God, I, I've I've asked you for things, or just kind of idly told you I wished I had something, and, and years later you brought it to pass when I wasn't even thinking about it, wasn't even looking for it. God, and I just I, I praise you for that faithfulness. God, just like that that song that Angie played Friday night. God, great is your faithfulness. God, we're we're blessed, and we appreciate you. We appreciate what you're doing, God. And I just I pray for every need in this place, God, to be met by your word. God, to be met by your spirit. God, just just like just like that mail showing up so horrendously late that Nonpet called me on just the right day. God, you know how to do that. God, and I just I pray that you would do it uh, in every heart in this place. God, that every every soul, God, would be lifted up to you in expectation this morning. God, of, of your Spirit doing what only you do. That you just lead us and direct us through this service today. God, that you would have the preeminence and that you would have the glory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen.